Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. We'll be right back to today's show, but before we do, I want to let you know that you can get a free copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, when you leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, either on desktop or on your phone. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, look up Think Unbroken, click follow in the top right, and then go and leave a review at the bottom. And when you leave that review, screenshot it and send it over to book.thinkunbroken.com where you can upload your contact and mailing information, and we will send you a free copy of this award-winning, best-selling book, absolutely free, including shipping. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to upload your screenshot review from Apple Podcasts for the Think Unbroken podcast. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see you. You're listening to the Think Unbroken podcast, and I'm your host, Michael Unbroken. I'm an author, speaker, coach, and advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma and abuse. In this podcast, you will learn how to transform your trauma into triumph, turn breakdowns 
into breakthroughs and go from victim to being the hero of your own story. You can learn more at thinkunbrokenpodcast.com. And of course, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Think Unbroken Podcast. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Michael Unbroken Podcast, where our goal is to help you get out of the vortex, become the hero of your own story, and ultimately change your life. I'm here joined today by PhD, Dr. Chell Torhovic. Dr. Chell Torhovic, how are you today, my friend? I'm doing great, right? It's uh, close to the Christmas holiday. It's snowing here in Norway. Um, really Christmassy spirit. Of course, everybody's struggling. So, but try to try to look look and think and and just be positive. Yeah, that you know, I I get that. It's cold, rainy in Portland right now, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and and I think about this quite often as I'm in my day to day life and and recognizing that you know we're in this position right now that we've never been in in the history of mankind where. We are so connected and yet disconnected at the same time. And when you think about that, that's, that's got to be impactful. It's got to create a huge amount of stress in our lives. And, you know, I, I think that's fitting for a conversation here today because you wrote a book, co-wrote a book, I should say, called When Crisis Strikes, Five Steps to Heal Your Brain, Body, and Life from Chronic Stress. And a lot of people associate the idea of chronic stress or chronic toxicity with child abuse, but that's not always necessarily the only case. There's PTSD, there's war, there's, you know, a litany of areas in which crisis strikes, no pun intended. Talk to me about the work that you've done to step into the place to write this book. And, and I find this to be a very, very important topic, but what drove you to this? Well, it, interesting because um, really the, one of the back the, the background of the start of the ideas of getting to this uh, to, to to the when crisis strikes is really in really difficult um, uh, breakups, really breakups with a lot of conflict as a type of a crisis, the kind of crisis that just 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 really just blows a, puts a hand grenade in in your daily life structure, um, and and it's one of these things that are there are a lot of these modern type of crises in addition to what what you were referring to even things like a sudden chronic illness a sudden diagnosis of a cancer or let's say a family member who has a uh has, has received like a diagnosis of dementia or a sudden loss or even even other types of sudden crises um we started off with this idea of what, what do we do in these in these tremendous conflictful relationship breakups um and we started seeing that, well, there's, there's a pattern here, how we work as uh, therapists to help people get through it. And we found that let's work on finding a method, a methodology, some steps that can be described in a, in a, a very straightforward, simple way to help people work their way out of really devastating and overwhelming crises. Um, so that was really the start of it. Um, and then we wrote this and delivered the book in 2019. And then we were writing edits and editing the book in 2020. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, last year, 2020, and then suddenly this COVID thing came up. So it wasn't, it wasn't in response to that, but of course, when the COVID response or the COVID came, we had to, we, we wrote a couple of chapters just describing how we ourselves were trying to survive through this, uh, 
this pandemic that the whole world is struggling to 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 find a way through, right? So, yeah, per, perhaps unfortunately a little bit serendipitous, right? Um, you know, and but I think that's a good thing because you still have the time to create that. You know, we we are listening, and this will air in a in a couple of months from now, and and people are still going to be within the crisis of COVID. You know, I would love if you can just from a high level, and and we can go deeper as we talk here. Just kind of talk about the five steps a little bit. You know, I, I think often what people are looking for is something palatable and something actionable. And so often as they're listening and learning, people give them this highfalutin scale of maybe try this thing, maybe try that thing, but they don't really kind of break it down. So I, I would love if you would take a moment and just break down high level what those five steps look like. Well, um, yeah, really the start of it, we're, we're really kind of um, have a good, have a, have a clear focus on, on stress and stressors in one's life, right? What are the things that are really driving um, your stress response or, or let's say a physiological or emotional or even a thought reaction pattern. So what are the stresses in your life? Mapping out those and finding out um, what are the most uh, uh, difficult ones to, to deal with and, and then choosing one and thinking through then how to then deal with that. Thinking through one's own response. How does one respond to it? Because as individuals, we all respond differently. We all have different different ways of responding to these stress and stressors. And then we go through the steps, which is getting a grip of the situation, um, finding out what we can control or we can't control, putting in steps to then remediate it, to, to help help heal that process, pulling back, taking our taking care of ourselves in the process, and then also understanding about ourselves, our personalities, our ways of responding, what we want to then maybe culture and nurture and bring forth and what we maybe want to tone down. So it's a it's a step-by-step process to work to heal through, let's say, a very traumatic or stressful or uh, difficult life experience. Yeah, and, and one of the words that really stuck stuck out to me there is control. And often I find that that can be a catalyst for creating change, but it also can be a catalyst for setting your own house on fire, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. such a fine line, but it's also such an impactful thing that we actually have. And I found throughout the scope of, of work and coaching and learning and growing and all the things I've done within my own life that control has actually become this great tool for success, but it also can be this thing that kind of destroys everything around you. As you're stepping into this, though, one of the things that that I heard as well is like, and, and I'm going to name it, even though you didn't say it, is like, it's very much about being present, right? How do you be present with yourself? What what kind of role does just being aware play in this? Hmm. That's a really interesting point because as a I'm a clinical neuropsychologist, and one of the things that, that we do when we're uh, working with uh, clients uh, that we're trying to help them out is to understand their ability to focus. Uh, and have concentration and control and awareness over their own thought patterns, their feeling patterns, their behavior patterns. Um, and it's often a difficult thing. And especially if you're in a crisis situation, you're often looking other places than at yourself and you're reacting and you're maybe choosing unhealthy coping strategies to just get your mind onto something else. So part of that process that we describe in the book and the first first step actually get a grip is this idea of trying to become in the present, trying to get uh, a, a control over your focus and your concentration. Um, and there's lots of different techniques that can be used, everything from mindfulness to meditation, to just being in the moment, uh, 
and, and there's others as well. So trying to just, uh, become aware of your, your situation and the context of your situation and your own situation is part of that first step and under first step of trying to understand what can be done then to work on or what needs to be worked on to help one's healing process. Now, you know, often I hear things like this. I take them with a grain of sand. I go, yeah, guess what, Chell? Easier said than done, right? And and I often, in the work with my own clients through coaching and a lot of the things that I write, I blog about, and my experiences alone, mindfulness is a very, very important tool. But now it's become like faux pas in social media where it is now a thing that you quote unquote do, right? But it's so impactful and it's so important to take it seriously, especially if you're dissociated and especially if you're triggered and especially if you're in crisis. Mm. How do you do that? Like as a baseline, like how do you actually really step into awareness? Well, let me say two things. One thing is we're very open about and we describe this in the book that um, uh, the book is actually written as a self-help guide. So it's for people that feel that they're uh, somewhat in control of their lives. Uh, or many people will will work their ways through crises on their own, that and that's great. Um, some some um, will need some help, and that's really what the book is for. Um, others they maybe can you know read and think about it, but they're not able to make the changes in their lives that are necessary. And we're open about that. These people in that situation are going to need to have maybe the help of a therapist or have someone that can guide them and help them become aware of their own situation and. And, and help them also find the right, the right steps to take or, or the right directions or the right changes in their, in their everyday behavior. But one thing I use um, just to, to, to your first question, how do you get that presence is with sports athletes, because I've often worked with uh, uh, athletes at, at quite t- top levels and for them to get focus and be in the, in the present is quite important, is often just simply to try to get them to answer the question, how are you feeling right now, right? And trying to put words on how are you feeling, thinking about um, what are you thinking about? What are in your thoughts? Uh, what are you feeling? What is your mood? Um, what sensations can you feel? Can you feel your fingers touching each other? Can you feel the muscles in your arms? We can even go through different, um, let's say, uh, relaxation uh, exercises. Again, to, to get the focus and concentration away from tomorrow, from away from the the disaster that happened yesterday, away from the argument that happened yesterday or or earlier in the day, and just to get into the present and to have a focus on that. And it takes training, so it's not something that can be just done automatically. Um, it's like it's like an athlete, right? They need to train, 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 train. And so when they're trying to you know perform at their peak, they need to have that training. They can just go into it in an automatic way. So it, yeah. there's no there's no easy quick fix of it, but that's one way to start that process is to really just maybe try to put oneself in a in a quiet area, right? So that there's not so many uh, there's not so many lights, there's not so many sounds, there's not so many so much noise, all these things, and then trying to then just feel like how do how do I feel right now, um, and then maybe go through different elements and especially the senses to try to get into touch with really where where you are at that very very moment. I often think about this notion of being stuck in behavioral patterns and being in loops, especially when it comes to dissociation and not being present and being in this place where that control mechanism is about doing all the things that sabotage our journey as we move into what we could have. 
Can you talk about the role that, and if you have any thoughts, because I'm so curious about the role that that self-sabotage and being stuck in loop patterns plays in this process? Look, it's, I mean, it's such an important, it's such an important uh, area. And, and we, we discuss this in the book and, and the way I think of it a little is, is, is coping mechanism and strat and strategies, right? If you think about, let's say if you have a, let's say a, a tremendous, um, stress factor, something really stressful has happened, then, then the question is, and, and we work on this in the book is that how do you respond to that? What is the response pattern for that? Right. And, and there's quite a lot of escape strategies that people use to get away from dealing with the problem, right? Somebody has been, and, and I think this is the same, similar, similar uh, thing that's happening um, with trauma. Let's say early trauma, if a child is experiencing something just horrific, they're going to react to it, right? And how does that reaction then influence um, the way that they have relationships, the way that they deal with emotional issues later, all these things become ingrained and they become a pattern. And, and if it's not a healthy and a good way of reacting, then that's going to be part of their way of reacting later. So um, we, we spend a lot of time trying to really be concrete about, well, starting with the stress, right? A, a, a very stressful uh, event is that, what is that? Why did it happen? And what is your response to that? And how are you dealing with that? And is it the right way of dealing with it? If the right way of dealing with a very, very, let's say a chronic illness or very painful is using medication and that medication is leading to a dependency, then, then one can think about, is that the right coping mechanism for that painful, painful or initial stress factor, stress response? Um, and the same thing in, in other areas as well. What, how do we, how do we cope? How do we deal with is our, and, and have we chosen the right way of dealing with it? Yeah. And, and, and I often think to myself, how do we reframe that understanding of the mechanisms that we need to cope? How do we put ourselves in a position to effectively reverse engineer the trigger to step through it in a way that can be impactful and profound that also sets up a baseline to continue to live life without stepping into that again. Because I think about this like walking through a minefield, right? Yeah. If you walk through it and you step on one once, well, your brain should say, hey, don't do that thing again. But innately, right. we know that that's not how this works. So here's, a, I'm so fascinated by this question. How do you avoid being in the loop when everything that you know and have experienced has led to this place that says my coping mechanism is self-harm because that feels better than working through the pain of the event that has happened? Right. It's, it's a really, a really interesting question. This is, the, this is the way I kind of approach it. And, and part of my experience is working with young people, um, uh, well, different, with different serious mental illnesses, but one is, is early signs of uh, psychosis or th serious thought disorder, or even schizophrenia, um, which becomes, which, which is, which is a very, very, uh, difficult, difficult, uh, mental illness to work with. But what we kind of want to try to do is let's look at not just one thought, one action, one, one behavior, one emotion, but let's think of what are the daily routines? What are the daily habits? What are the, what are, what is the, the rhythm in your life over a longer period of time. And can we do things in that area, eating properly, eating regularly, um, 
uh, having fun on a regular basis, doing social things, um, you know, having uh, um, uh, sleep, you know, not least of all, having good sleep patterns, trying to work on those stabilizing patterns in your life is often a good kind of framework for trying to work on other more difficult things. Then we can go in and talk about, well, how do you react when somebody, you know, says something that triggers you to become just, you know, emotionally very volatile or very aggressive, for example. So we need to kind of have a, a baseline or a, a let's say a, a framework of a, of, a, of a daily rhythm. We try to get that in place as a start. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. The, the very first thing that I tell people is if you show me your calendar, I'll show you whether or not you're successful. And that's not about blocking out your entire day in some perfectionist, some perfectionist mannerism, but instead it's about this idea of, can I take time for myself today, right? I, I think about the power of my morning routine that sets me up for success every day. And I don't know that everyone has to do all the things. And, and in fact, I say, don't, you don't have to do yoga. You don't have to meditate. You don't have to journal. You don't have to do all the things, but you have to do something. So as you're in this and we're in obvious total agreement here, what are those some things that you find to be most potent for people who are stepping back into reassociation? Mm -hmm. Well, there's, there's a few things. One of the things we have, one of the steps is actually, we call it's the fourth step. It's pull back and it, and in general, it's taking care of yourself as you're, as you're talking about. And, and, and some of the techniques we're using there is like just this idea of, of trying to simplify things because we often experience that people, especially in a crisis situation, um, and maybe responsible for, for other people and it, it, the, everything becomes very complicated. So how can we simplify, simplify that complicated idea or that complicated situation into something very much, much more manageable. That's, that's, that's one technique that one might use. Um, the other thing is one, one can latch on to certain ideas of being, for example, of being, uh, helpful and being kind of being, um, doing something, uh, concrete that'll help also ground your, um, your, your thoughts and your feelings and your, um, behavior into something that's directed to something simple and, and, and not, and, and, and positive essentially. And, and also working to build your self-esteem, your self-confidence and your self-worth. These kinds of, these kinds of activities that could be other things that could be taking photos, for example, and just trying to get good at, 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 at being, uh, in the moment, in the, in the visual sphere of just capturing something that's beautiful and just tried to work on that. It could be a hobby. It could be, um, a hobby where you're, you're making something often something that you're making with your hands and you're using your whole body, you're using your whole create creative apparatus to, to, to generate something. These are, these are types of techniques that can, that can help ground a, a person that's very, very in a very unstable situation. Yeah. I, I think those are fantastic suggestions, but you know, I, I know right now someone is sitting, listening to this on their drive or on their bus ride to work or wherever they are in the gym and thinking to themselves, well, I have kids and I have a job. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And I have a family and I have bills and I have debt and I have COVID to deal with. And there is crisis everywhere. There is stress everywhere. This sounds fine on paper, but I don't think I can do that. I believe that so much of this entire healing process is, is mindset and the things that you say to yourself and the way that you present the ability that you have for you to step into some of these things. And so often before you even get to the idea of baseline, I can potentially do this. The narrative has already been, there's no way I can't do this. It's never going to happen. How much of a role in just crisis management is your mindset? It's, 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 it's incredibly important. And, and, and that's, it's often a challenge, right? It's, it's, it's seeing the glass half full rather than half empty. It's that way of changing the way of interpreting things. Uh, people are, are, are acting or, or saying something to you. How do you interpret that? Do you interpret it as, as, as a well-intentioned or you, do you automatically int uh, interpret it as being, um, uh, bad intentioned, right? These, these are choices we really can make, I think in our mindset, how to relate and how to interpret, how to think about different issues is, is that, that might arise. So there is definitely, uh, work to be done in us all in terms of that, uh, of getting that mindset that we feel is, is part of us and who we want to be. Um, I think just, just to say a, 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 a word again about this idea of, of, yeah, people having families, having work, struggling in a day-to-day -day basis, trying to deal with COVID and all that, you know, that is what you're describing or what's described is really a, a very stressful situation, right? And you can think about how is it if you're stressed all the time, it's like if you're exercising, if you're lifting weights 24 hours a day, all week, how is that going to, how is that going to help your body? How are you going to be in a, in a, in a physical situation, in a, in a, in a condition to be able to, to contribute, to help, you need to be able to have some breaks. It might just be having and seeing something incredibly funny and just laughing, belly laughing for like a half an hour or 15 minutes or 10 minutes. It can be that, but just having a break from the stress, having a break from that intensity, that's important. And maybe even doing that with the family. So that requires a little organization. It requires a little planning. And that's what's often difficult in a stress daily situation, right? Because you're just trying to survive. And especially if you're, you know, you're almost, you're going to be thrown out of your apartment. You don't have money to pay the rent. I mean, imagine these are just like the worst, worst, worst conditions to be able to say, well, okay, let me spend 10 minutes just for myself. But, you know, I always, I give one of the examples I give in the, in the book is that, you know, I used to fly a lot because I, I was flying back from Norway and California. And the stewardesses would always say, or uh, the stewards would say that, um, you know, in case of an emergency, you know, if the plane's going down and it's over water, uh, there's going to be some, some, some little masks that are going to fall down. And the important thing is that you need to take the mask over your face first, um, because you can only help other people if you're also, um, you know, in a, in a situation where you're all, you're able to have, have breath. So that idea of, Okay. Yeah. You're responsible for everyone else in the family. You're responsible for other things that at work, but you also need to take care of yourself and prioritize that because if you don't do that, you're not in the condition to be able to help others. Yeah. I, I mean, that's such a great point. And I, I think about this idea that we've constantly as trauma survivors made exceptions to that rule because we're so used to putting ourselves second, third or last, right? 
And as you step into this healing journey, and I will argue this against anyone, the most important thing that you can do is put yourself first, period. Because by proxy, the impact on those other things will be far and exponentially greater. There's no questions asked by showing up for yourself first that that is going to impact your life for the best. What the problem is, I believe, is that that is a terrifying notion. You mean that I can put myself first? That's okay. You're, do- Dr. Chell, you're telling me this right now. It's okay for me to put myself first. But how do I do that? Because everything that you say sounds great, but the idea of actually stepping into it is so far embedded in me that that is a negative thing. Self-care is not for me. Self-care is for hippies and yogis and you know stoners and all those things. And this idea of self-care, well, great, but I'm, I'm a man of color from the Midwest in America where self-care, if you If you talked about it, you would get laughed out of the room. My argument would be that, well, A, you're probably in the wrong room to begin with, and B, noticing the fact that as you step into self-care first and foremost, your life will, in fact, become better. The point that I want to make about this, and the reason I'm saying this is most people don't actually notice that they're not taking care of themselves, right? How do you even know if you've been impacted by chronic stress? Mm. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, I think, I think the modern life is full of stresses, right? (laughs) There's expectations. Those are, we can look at those and think of those as stresses. Um, and, and these are external, often external factors that we're struggling with, right? We need to get a job. We need to get an education. We need to do all these, all these, all these things that's stressful in itself. Um, and especially in a context where everything's very competitive um, and you need to have, uh, uh, so, so how do you find time or room to take care of yourself? Uh, there's also an issue of what does it mean to take care of yourself, right? Because it, it's, I'm not talking about, you know, like spending tons of money on oneself or, or but I'm, I'm talking about doing things. And again, it requires reflection. It requires time to focus and think about, well, what is it that's important for me? Um, it, it can be small things. It can be things, but things that are helping a person really feel better about themselves, right? How can I do things or, or think things or feel things that are going to make me feel better about myself? That's going to help everybody around me in that context in the next reaction. Yeah. yeah. And, and so much of that, again, is just being present, right? And, and I often think about the, the long-term implications and impacts of chronic stress and trauma on the brain and the body as you kind of head down this long enough timeline and thinking about the possibility to, mm, I don't want to say to, <laughs> to regrow your brain, but to, to solidify it and to fortify it and to have sovereignty and to be able to put yourself in a position to be successful. But my fear often, and probably the reason that part of my self-care is omega-3s and vitamin D and healthy fats and things like that is to like and create more integrity within the brain. What are the long-term ramifications, if any, of, of chronic stress? Well, it's definitely, there's definitely been shown, you know, that chronic stress without, without again, getting these regular breaks and without, without, with just being overwhelmed by stress over a long period of time, that something that's going to break down the, 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 the integrity, the integrity and the structure in the brain. So it's, it's definitely, it's, it's, it's been shown not to be any, anything that's, that's, that's can, can last over time and it just will lead to a breakdown. So the earlier one kind of deals with it, 
I think it's, you know, is the better. And one thing is, you know, what you're putting into your system, as you were uh, mentioning the nutrition and also omega-3s and these things, but, but a lot of it has to do with just what, what you're, um, yeah, what you're you're spending your time doing, and 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 how you you live your everyday life, and what value you can put into that, and that's going back into what are the routines and what are the the habits and and things that you do on a regular basis that can help you. Yeah, and 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 when you're in this place of creating habit and routine and change and and living in what I'm going to guess if you're listening to this a Western society where. We are very goal oriented, where we are accomplish oriented, where we are willing to sacrifice who we are to hit this pedestal. How do you manage that side of this? Because I think that's a conversation that's not talked about often enough. And I, I recognize in my past these workaholism behaviors and, and these achievement growth behaviors and then putting myself dead last, murdering myself for goals and deadlines and projects and things like that. But we go, well, that's just the way we do it. How do you how do you facilitate managing like that thing where you want to you know be successful, but you're also leveraging that as the thing that's in in in, in essence destroying your life? Right. It's a it's a it's a great point and it's an important point. And we talk a little about it. We talk about it in the book. It's an important thing because you have you can think of this if we talk about like a, a locus of control, back to your idea of control, what is it that controls our behavior and our thoughts and our feelings? And you know, you have these factors that are outside of us. And, and like you said, that the culture, the expectations of others, expectations of p- your parents, the expectations of society. Um, and then you have, you know, the inner, inner uh, uh, expectations of the inner uh, uh, aspects of control that are, that are driving. And, and the question is, I think quite a few without maybe reflecting properly over it, they are just accepting these external uh, stressful factors and bringing them inside and saying, well, that's the same thing that, that that's what I feel, or you, they don't even, one doesn't even really kind of reflect over it. And that's part of this process. One of the steps in our book is that we need to think through that and think that, well, what is it that I really value as an individual? What is it that's important for me to achieve? Um, and it could be something that, that, that is, that is important also for others. It could be, you know, a good job. It could be an education. But just to really find that, be be certain, 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 certain that that is what you are interested yourself in achieving. That that's your own goal. That's your own belief. And then also making sure that you're taking care of yourself uh, in all aspects of your life on the way to that that goal. Just like an athlete will do, right? Uh, if you think talk about top 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 athletes, they want they have a very ambitious goal, but they need to then take care of themselves very, very efficiently during their workouts. They can't, if they work out too much, if they stress too much, they're not going to be able to perform at their peak. They're not going to be at their best. They're going to be, they're going to wear themselves down. They're going to uh, really uh, degrade their ability to even, even perform, you know, in a, in a good way. So that, that whole, that whole inner, inner control is important to understand, well, what is it that I really want to, to achieve for myself. Yeah. And I, I find it fascinating that, that we live in society that says work yourself until you're exhausted, hit rock bottom and then get a trophy for it. Cause you did such a good job killing yourself. And, and I have very lofty goals and I look at what those are and I measure them against this idea of impacting a million people to create change in their life. And ultimately my goal being, how do I put myself out of a job? 
meaning that we have created change in society that has impacted the world in such a great way that I don't ever have to have a conversation about a child being hurt, right? And ultimately thinking about the way that you get there on a long enough timeline is this incredible amount of work. But in these moments when I feel super stressed, tired, exhausted, I can't go on anymore. I ask myself, do I really need a break or am I procrastinating? And if I take a break, I take a break and I find that I don't beat myself up about it. But so often that's the first thing we go to. Oh, you don't need a break. You're soft. You're weak. You're being a baby. How do you give yourself permission to take a break without beating yourself up? It's a, it's a, it's a good point. And, and, and it's interesting to, you know, that you're discussing this with, you know, you want to change a million lives and, and, and it's, it's, again, I, I would say, I, I would think in that context, really simplifying it in the sense is what, what, what is it that you're trying to do? And I've, I've heard your podcast, Michael, and they're just brilliant. And I, I just so respect what you're working and what you're doing. And, and what you're doing is you're trying to help people, right? So, so the way that I think about it is that, is that um, I, I, don't, I don't do podcasts. I'm just working as a therapist, but I want to try to help one person that is at a time, right? And if I can help that one person, then maybe they can be positive influence for some other person, right? And if I can just do that one person at a time, um, then, then maybe that's going to grow something that's going to be worthwhile over time. Um, so I try to then simplify it. That's the way I, I do it for myself, right? Really try to simplify down into something a little more specific, a little more concrete, not larger numbers, not larger amounts of, of, of anything, but just one thing at a time, having focus and giving it my all for that one experience or what that one, that one opportunity. Yeah. I, you know, and I think about that number being very arbitrary, right? Whether, whether it's one or 800 million, it, it doesn't matter. The, the point is just the action, right? The point is moving towards it. Um, but, but so much of it, it is about um, moving towards what I find to be value in my life and the way that I want to show up in it. And, and that's the entirety. And I, I think that's the thing that, that people can really take away from this is, can you do something in your life that brings you value, right? Instead of worrying about what everybody else thinks that you should be doing. Um, we're starting to run out of time here, and I'm going to ask you a couple more questions. But before I do, can you tell everybody where they can find you? Hmm. Well, um, we have a website, and the website is uh, for the book and everything we're doing in relation to the book. It's um, um, www.whencrisisstrikes.com. Okay, so that's the website. We're also on Instagram, right? We both have an Instagram account. Um, it's 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 mostly. Mine is mostly just nature photography from Norway. It's at Hovig PhD. That's that's my passion. Um, just trying to be in the moment, like as I was describing earlier. I started it. I never had an Instagram account before. We had the book out, and the publisher said you need to have an Instagram account. I said, okay, I'm going to have one, but I'm going to I'm going to put on it what I want, and that's nature pictures from Norway. Love it. Uh, so that's Hovig at at Hovig PhD. <laughs> Beautiful. I, I love it. And, and we'll put those links in the show notes. Um, my first of two questions is for someone listening to this right now who have recognized just through this conversation that perhaps they're dissociated or they've been impacted by chronic stress or toxicity or whatever that thing may be. If you were to give them just one tool that they can walk away with today that they can implement into their life starting right now, what would that be? Mm. Um. I, I think, I think if there's one thing that I would really kind of emphasize, what is it you have control over, right? 
what is it you have control over? Maybe also thinking, what do you not have control over? I kind of often find that people often really stress the most about what they don't have control over. That's just terrifying uh, and worrying about what if, what if, what if, what if. If it's out of your control, it's out of your control, right? But what you do have in your control, that, that that's something you can do something about, right? And things that are very concrete in, their, in your everyday life, that's going to maybe, that's going to be able to build self-confidence doing that in, in the best way that you can. Yeah, I love it. I totally agree. And, and my last question for you, my friend, is what does it mean to you to be unbroken? Mm, yeah, unbroken. Well, it's interesting. You know, my background is a, is a, is a clinical neuropsychologist. We, we, in our training, we're quite often focused on um, brain injuries, right? Um, and and I, I've been listening to your podcast, which are just which just so outstanding, and 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 you're you're often talking about this idea of of trauma, and especially childhood trauma, and and that involves um, an emotional injury, or also more more serious than that, but an emotional injury, and these are hidden. I I, I think of them as in a way hidden injuries because you can't really see it. Other people can't see it as easily as. Um, you can see a broken arm where you have a cast on, or or if you're, uh, you know, using crutches or something, then people understand there's an injury there. But if you have a, either a brain injury or an emotional injury from a trauma, it's not as easily seen. So people are often maybe not not aware of it in the same way. And of course, the people themselves that are having to um, maybe do a lot of com- compensation in order to to try to deal with it. But I think I think it's important for 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 these people to to really accept it and 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 uh, accept their situation and then work to uh, change whatever they have in their control again make something better out of their life from what they can deal with and accept the situation and try to get away from looking and trying to meet all the expectations of everybody coming from the outside or demanding things from the outside and being just whole and satisfied with their own uh, person and their own abilities and their own activities and their own way of, of, of living their life. Yeah. I, I could not agree more. When I, when I wrote the six principles of healing, one of them was acceptance. And that is a really hard thing for people to palate because that means that something bad did happen. And the only way we can move through the things that have happened to us is by being able to have a rational understanding put them where they need to go and step through it, not to avoid it, not to run from it, but to say, yes, this happened. Now, what can I do about it? Dr. Chell Torhovic, my friend, this was an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for being here. Unbroken Nation, please like, subscribe, follow, leave a comment and rate the podcast. It would mean the world to me. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see ya. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five star, leave a review. And you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. 
Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.